Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way if you keep on the sunny side of life. These dark valleys, trying to find a place called home. Everywhere I lay my head, feels so cold and all alone. Looking for a grown-up soul. Be a child like a boulder breaking wildflower, all and worthless, meek and mild, small and worthless, meek and mild. When I reach that mountain top, I was amazed at what I found. Each way from side to side There were mountains all around Looking for a grown-up soul To teach me how to be a child Like a boulder breaking wildflower Small and worthless, meek and mild, small and joyful like a child. It's one of my favorite songs. My oldest son wrote that. It's got a lot more to it, but it's such a great truth. Sometimes we are walking through this dark valley, and I want to talk to you about when grief comes knocking, because it is going to come knocking. Grief comes at you when you are not expecting it. It seems like an interruption to normal life. You just want to get it over with. You want to get through it. I'm going to get through it. But over time, when you've lived a while, you learn it becomes more a companion. Especially for those of you who are learning and continuing to learn how to love well. You see, life hurts when you really love people well. Life hurts. There's grief when you really love life and things happen. This pandemic has taken the lives of over a million Americans. Moms and dads and grandpas and grandpas and sons and daughters, friends, uncles, the list goes on. There are many chairs that are empty and will be empty. People have just now began to have services for those around them. And that doesn't even include the people who are, have been, are gone just from life going by. There are 
250,000 children, minor children, who have lost the primary caregiver in their life. For me, who lost my mom when I was young, that is especially a, a powerful, um, moving reality. You see, they say that every person that dies, for every person that dies, there is a minimum of 20 people who are immediately and strongly and deeply affected. Just do the math. In the last few weeks, um, a lot of things have happened. I had one day this week that, where there were two people that passed away. And um, have a funeral this week for a good friend of mine, Cricket. And I, I was telling somebody I had two people pass away, and that was the good part. There were a lot of other types of losses, too. In this week, we've, this last few weeks, the whole country, our whole nation has been convulsed and lashed with grief from the evil massacre, massacre of, of shoppers, and then a whole, a whole um, classroom full of small children killed in, a, in just an evil senseless slaughter this is for many of you a event in the news that you wish you didn't have to see it's heart-wrenching this is for many of you an abstract for you it's not really real in your life but for those who lost someone in these events and other events the grief is unbearable the grief is even deadly. In fact, one of the husbands of one of the teachers who was murdered died just from the grief. Literally broken heart syndrome. You know, I have no easy answers. I'm not here to talk to you about the political fixes of this. I'll leave that to the people who have those responsibilities. That's not my purvey. That's not what I'm called to do. I have no easy answer for what to do to fix all of these problems. I also have no easy answers for those of you who want me to tell you why this happens. I do have a call for you that are members of Toledo First Baptist, and especially for those of you who are really sincere followers of Jesus, that you live in a fallen world, a world that is under the grip of the enemy, a world where God has given people incredible freedom to do good and evil. And I want to call you to do good. I really do. I want to call you to be a good to become a good griever. That's right. You see, the thing about God that a lot of people forget is that God only will meet you in reality. He doesn't meet you in your fantasy. He doesn't meet you in some some delusion that you have. Following Jesus is not like some people say that it's a, a way to, for you know weak people to escape reality. Following Jesus, really following Jesus, not diving into some religious um, kind of fairy tale, but really following Jesus and then in the um, down in the the pain and the blood and the loss in life. Following Jesus in that way is not a way for you to avoid reality. But it is a way for you to find the power to live in reality with love and peace. You see, it's no pie-in-the-sky, by-and-by message of the gospel. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have problems. You're going to have tribulations. People who avoid grief live lives of denial, sometimes religious denial. They live lives in a fantasy every day. 
But sooner or later, grief will come knocking. Because grief and loss come every day to somebody. And it's not just death of loved ones that brings about grief and loss, but also the death of a dream that you had, perhaps. You're going through that. Or of a relationship. It was a friendship who betrayed you or a friendship that you were close to. Or or maybe it was your career and something happened. Maybe it was your ideals that you had, that you had these high ideals and you had these expectations for Christians to live in a certain way and they've been crashed. Or maybe other things. You had someone you looked up to and they disappointed you. Or maybe it was just your innocence. You had this beautiful innocence and it's been, it's been destroyed and you've lost it. Grief comes in many ways. Maybe it's, it's something that is... Um, the reality of your life. You had to move and you had to leave your friends and you had to leave your family and there's a grief to that. There's a death to that, that, that ending. Maybe you're in a new place and it's not the same or maybe you went through it, you're in a new church or maybe you went through a church conflict and you saw people do and say things that were so terrible. It grieved your heart as it grieves the Holy Spirit that you were sealed for the day of redemption. When grief comes knocking, we try to lock it out. We, if we had one of those ringer things that we could see, we would, we would, we would bolt all the doors. But it doesn't do any good. We would at least deny it, and we do it all the time. We try to distract ourselves, and maybe with addictive behavior, with drugs or alcohol or tons of TV or comfort food, or we fill our lives with activities. We fill it up and fill it up and fill it up. Maybe we fill our lives with aggression. We're mad at this and we blame. You know, when you're hurting and when you're grieving, you tend to get angry and you're in pain and you blame the government and you blame the church and you you blame God even. You can be angry at God. Interesting thing about sufferers is the people who watch suffering blame God. The people who are suffering seek God because they need Him so much. Sometimes people become aggressive toward themselves when they're, they're dealing with grief. They blame themselves. It should have been this. I should have done that. Or they blame their family. They blame the people around them. It's very destructive. That wound of grief becomes infected and sometimes becomes terminal. And sometimes you see people deal with grief and deny grief and avoid grief by just over-spiritualizing. You know, well, it's just the Lord's will or God needed them in heaven or something like that. Sometimes it's just another way for us to avoid really facing our own loss. This is important. All these ways of dealing with grief or not dealing with grief, actually, will keep you stuck and keep the people around you stuck. They will make you sick because it will come out someplace. And it will also do something really terrible. It'll keep you from growing into the person you could become, a person with humility and tenderness and a sense of of your own limitations because you realize that's what grief does. It'll keep you from helping the people around you in our country and in our communities and in your family, in your life. It'll keep you from, from helping the people around you who need you to show them the way through that dark valley. 
In 2 Corinthians, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort. See, we dealt with our grief and we've been comforted. And now we can comfort them with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. But just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, they are. So also our comfort is abundant through Christ. You see, until you learn to face you and deal with grief, you will find it hard to follow Jesus, who in fact was described by Isaiah in Isaiah 53 as a man of sorrows and grief was his daily companion. He was acquainted with grief. And when you are not like Jesus, it'll make it impossible for you to help anyone in this world of loss. It will make it very difficult. You know, in our, our our staff, in your church staff at TFBC, we've been studying and we've been doing a pilot study and learning about as we begin to put together a new discipleship coming out of COVID that will equip us so that we can equip you to be the people that can help heal the hearts of the people around you, both Christians and non-Christians. There's an incredible mental health struggle and there's an incredible grief um, crushed wound in the land and we have to equip ourselves in following Jesus to deal with it. And in this study it says three things that it was it, it, it was today when we met and and I just couldn't help but bring it out and I'll be telling you more about it but our our writer our, our study the person who was leading us in this said when it comes to grief you need to pay attention to your grief. If you don't pay attention to your grief you will either expire or you will explode. You will either, you will react out of it. You know, two-thirds of the Psalms are lamentations. Jesus paid attention to his grief. He never denied it. When Jesus wept, the word for wept means he wailed out loud in front of other people. Most men would find that very hard to do, even myself. Jesus never said in the middle of his grief, it's all good, brother. It'll all work out for good. All things work together for good. He didn't minimize. He didn't over-spiritualize. Matthew 26, 38, he says, Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and watch with me. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane getting ready to go to the cross. Matthew 26, 39, he says, And he went a little beyond them, and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to his disciples, and he found them sleeping, and said to Peter, So do you men, so you men could not keep watching me for one hour? He was so in need of their assurance and encouragement. He was fully God and fully man. And then he said this, keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Jesus fully recognized and expressed his grief as part of his plan and being in the Father's will. It is the Father's will sometimes that we are in grief as we follow Jesus. 
You know, isn't it amazing? I think Pastor Danny said it like this, that he said, Jesus, of course, is teaching us something that is almost upside down from our normal thinking. We think crying is for children and for weaklings. Yet Jesus shows us it is for the spiritual adults that are willing to weep. And it is for the strong that are willing to express it. Jesus wept, the shortest verse in the Bible, that word mourning, wailing. It's important to remember that mourning and dancing are related. There's a time to mourn and there's a time to dance. If you never mourn, you will miss out on the dance because you will restrict your emotional life to the mid-range It'd be like listening to your stereo and all you had was a mid-range. You don't get any of the beautiful highs or lows. The second thing is this, because you see, this will stunt you. So you need to pay attention, but you also need to wait in the confusing in-between in those dark valleys. You'll want to quit. You want to give up. You want to say it's all, but don't doubt in the darkness what God has shown you in the light. The third thing is this, let the old birth the new. This is out of our study that you'll hear more about. Autumn seems sad to me sometimes. Now, I love the spring right now, except for I got a few bugs out here bothering me. But autumn seems really sad at times. You know, it's so beautiful. Like Robert Frost said, nothing golden lasts. But you know that it's, it's going. But in the decay, remember, that's when the seeding of the spring is going to come. That's when the flowers and the nuts are falling off the trees and the fruit trees are dropping those seeds down. There's always an ending before there is a beginning. There is, if you don't get stuck, if you don't live in winter. In time, we let go of the old and the seed sprouts new. You grieve, but you must, gr- you must grow. You must grow in your relationship with Jesus to grieve well. And this is what Paul brought up. He said in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, I do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, those who have died, so that you will not grieve. I don't want you to grieve as those who have no hope. I don't want you to. I want you. You're going to grieve, but don't grieve hopelessly. And then he says, here's why. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That's what God will do. If you believe that Jesus died and rose again, Jesus took the most grievous and terrible loss and turned it into a resurrection. Out of this hope, you bring hope in a broken world. That's our mission. That's what we do. We say we don't have the answers, but we know one that does. And we know that one day, all those little lives that have been lost and those millions of lives that have been lost, God's going to make all things new. All those who trust in it, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. I pray you do. We'll be talking more on Sunday about um, about when, when you find yourself in the house of mourning. Maybe you've been there. We're going to talk about that and how Jesus comes to the house of mourning. And he's going to come to every house of mourning. And those, when Jesus is present, it changes everything. Thanks for watching this. Please share it if you know somebody it could help. And you know what? Maybe I'll see you on Sunday. I'd like to see you. 8 o'clock, 9.30 is the outdoor service. 11 o'clock, be great to see you. 
in person. If you don't can't watch because you're too far away, just pick up our online service. You'll see it soon. God bless you.